You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. It's movie review time, and yes, we're going to put a smile on your face this week. We are going to have a smile ear to ear when we talk all about the Joker. That's right. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, is this movie as controversial as, you know, warnings and, you know, violence and crime and people doing whatever they're thinking about doing while going to see this movie? I'm very curious to hear what our crew is going to talk about it. And like we always say, we are going to be spoiling the hell out of this one. How exciting! (laughs) Spoilers! There's too much to talk about with this to not spoil about it. And talking about a Joker, let me recognize my co-host for this week, Mr. Mike Gordon, who always has a smile on his face. Howdy! Especially when he says howdy, he does, you know? <laughs> I, I usually do when I say howdy. Uh, you do. That's true. So, uh, yeah, this is a, this was one that I was actually tentative to uh, to even go see, uh, even though I'm a big, you know, Batman and, and Joker fan from the comics. So, uh, but yet I saw it, and uh, I'm eager to talk all about it as well. And, yes, you're right. We, we're going to get pretty uh, um, in-depth on this one. Uh, so we're going to talk all about it. So yes, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, you might want to watch it before you listen to this show because yeah, we will be talking about, uh, all about it. Oh yeah. We're going to be sitting around waiting for you to come back. Don't worry. We'll just laugh at each other. Like we always do. Exactly. We'll just giggle and laugh and, you know, talk about all the fun things that happened in Gotham City in this movie. (laughs) So it'll be very interesting to see. But, you know, definitely, please watch this movie before you you hear us talk about it. It's a lot of interesting stuff, and we do have a lot to say about this. So, you know, you've been warned. We'd love to hear from you guys, of course. We want to hear what you guys thought about this movie please write us back at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or you know if you want to even send record something send it to us in mp3 format we'll play it up on the air we definitely would love to hear from you guys of course we have to before we get going you know if you ever want to be part of the eso network we would love to have you help support us. You could do that through Patreon. That's right, folks. At the ESO Network Patreon, you could do, help support the network for as little as 25 cents a week. Or, as you know, we like to say, that's a dollar a month, folks. That's not so bad. You know, that's less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Heck, you could buy three cups of coffee at Starbucks. And, you know, you could help support the station be at the top level of ESO. You know, it's not so bad, you know, so, you know, we're not trying to take away from Starbucks. Well, a little bit, you know, there's better coffee spots out there, but, you know, that's just our opinion here. So, you know, definitely, but you could help support us on many different levels. There's four levels of, you know, patronage and it's all, each one gets a different reward for being part of the ESO network and helping us out. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. 
it's really easy and we would love to have you part of our crew and you know you never know who might show up on the show and they became a patreon uh, subscriber and they get their place up here on the eso network and you could maybe even take your shot at the geek seat pretty cool stuff and we got special things coming over the next few months exclusive for our patrons so definitely you know this is big stuff folks i'm not just talking well i am talking but just not talking about that all that stuff speaking of talking we got a lot to get through this week so let's get started with this week's rants and raves where mike and i are going to talk about what's on our mind what do you got this week sir well i think we established a couple weeks ago that summer movie season is over Oh, thank God. So, <laughs> so now it's uh, fall slash winter movie season has begun, which is usually the, the, the time when they release Oscar contenders. So you'll see some interesting movies pop up uh, over the next the course of the next few months. And I don't know about you, Mike, but before I saw the Joker movie, they had a lot of ads, a lot of trailers. Um, many of which I hadn't seen before. So, um, so I don't know what your experience was. So we'll have to compare notes here, but one movie I definitely wanted to talk about, uh, and is, is going to actually premiere this Christmas because, you know, on December 25th for Christmas, what family doesn't want to spend the day with, uh, two British privates in, uh, in the thick of world, the first world war. Oh, I'm glad you brought that one up. 1917 <laughs> just looks amazing. Doesn't it, though? Oh, my God. I, I don't even know what... I know the story has something to do with these two privates that are, have to get some kind of message to another platoon or something like that, and they have to go across the whole battlefield and across enemy lines to you know deliver it. And it just looks breathtaking. This, I couldn't believe this preview. I had not heard of this movie before we saw it before Joker. I hadn't either. Uh, it is uh, directed by Sam Mendes, who's uh, uh, recently given us a few James Bond movies. Um, he's done a and, great job. And he's also, I mean, he was the one that gave us American Beauty back, uh, ooh, can you believe that was 20 years ago? What? Uh, yeah, I know. 1999. Ooh, really? I feel um, like, uh, and uh, Jarhead, and so yeah, I mean he's he's not afraid to make a big movie, and this does look pretty epic. Uh, the cast is uh, amazing in this. Uh, I think the first person I noticed was Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah, uh, but you've got Colin Firth, you've got Mark Strong, Richard Madden, Andrew Scott. Uh, you know, basically, if you're a British actor, male British actor you are in this movie i think um but you're right in addition to the acting and all that stuff it just looks epic i mean i think it's easy to say anything this is a like first world war version of uh saving private ryan but i think that's you know i think there's going to be a little bit more to it than that yeah i was about to say i was it looks something more than private ryan and it just it's it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes and some of the buzz that it gets because all i could say is wow and you know they had some interesting trailers for us before joker and i thought it was kind of odd having the mr rogers 
Yeah, oh, did you have was, that one? We had that before. The movie. <laughs> I did I not like, have that. I've seen it, but I did not have that one before Joker. Mm-hmm. I, was, I found that one a little weird. We also had Kingsman or Kingsman. Kingsman. Okay. I had not, uh, that one was not in front of our theater either. Yeah. So it was interesting. I heard you had uh, Birds of Prey though. Yes, we uh, we did see the Birds of Prey one. Uh, I have you didn't not see seen one? it. I have not seen that one yet. See that trailer because it's pretty interesting. It's all about Harley. Of course, uh, isn't the, it always? The, well, yeah. Well, the movie is actually called uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I mean, that's the full legit title for the movie. So, uh, but it's Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie. Who doesn't love some Margot Robbie, right? Now we were talking a lot about her in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just recently. Yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, and she's, you know, this will, this, I think, one of two projects that she's coming out, got coming out with Harley Quinn. So, uh, so there was that. Um, and also saw a trailer for, uh, this is going to open in December as well. And it is a film of Richard Jewell directed by Clint Eastwood. Yes. Judy kept on seeing that and said that poor, poor man. (laughs) I think for those of us here in Atlanta, especially when it happened, this is going to be kind of a weird movie to see. Oh yeah. Uh, Well, cause yeah, you lived it. Yeah. Cause we were here when it happened. Uh, and it happened not too far from where I work. I mean, it was, it was, uh, just, yeah. I mean, it was everywhere. Um, and yes, what happened to Richard Jewell was, was tragic. And, uh, you know, I, I know that in the hands of a director like Clint Eastwood, it's gonna, it's gonna play really like, you know, it's gonna pull at you, right? It's gonna, it's gonna be quite intense. Oh, without a doubt. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do, you know, with this in it, it looks so amazing, to you know is this going to they this is atlanta this is you know where we're based out of for the folks who are just listening for one of the first times just as we talk about atlanta tons on the show so you'll figure that one out real easy but it's just it's amazing i remember because i was at the time living out in seattle and so i was all the way on the other side of the country but you lived it Judy lived it, Michelle, you know, everyone, all all these people were here and, you know, I, she, Judy was like telling me the stories, you know, how, you know, they were saying, you know, there was a terrorist attack at the Olympics and blah, 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 you know, and this guy was at first a hero and then he became the main suspect and then he was cleared. But after a a large battle, yeah. Right. There's a lot of damage that was done and, yeah, it's one of those things where he was convicted, you know, in public opinion uh, before he was ever really charged or convicted uh, elsewhere. And it, yeah, it's it's going to it plays with a lot of stuff. So that's going to be interesting. And, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. It's always fun to see a movie that is filmed in Atlanta that actually takes place in Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, most things that are filmed in Atlanta don't take place in Atlanta. So. Uh, but that one's got a pretty good cast too of Sam Rockwell, John Hamm, Olivia Wilde, and uh, a lot more. Like I said, directed by Clint Eastwood. Um, a couple more. Also saw a trailer for The Good Liar. Which is with, that? Uh, this is a movie with Helen Mirren, 
and Ian McKellen. Oh, I've uh, heard people talking about that one. Which uh, looks very fun. Uh, it's one of those like sort of like con movies or whatever. Um, one thing I noticed that's really kind of cool is that in addition to Mirren and McKellen, there's also a very sizable part for Jim Carter. Really? Yes. And uh, I've never seen Jim Carter in anything, I think, except for as Mr. Carson in Downton Abbey. So for me to see him in this, it was pretty interesting playing. He plays, I don't know, I haven't got a, a hold on what his character is, but I was just like, wow, look at him hanging out with the, the, the big boys, you know, as far as movie actors go. So uh, so that looks like it might be kind of fun. It kind of looks like it's just, you know, if you saw the movie Red or Red 2, it kind of looks like it's kind of in that vein a little bit. Gotcha. Um, but it's a definitely like a, it's, it's very British, very British. Um, and, uh, also speaking of British movies, something else that looks very British that we saw a trailer for was the next movie by Guy Ritchie. Oh yeah. I've seen the preview for that one. Yeah. Uh, and this one is called the gentleman. And uh, it very much looks like a, a um, it looks like kind of snatch, really. Yeah, I was thinking when I saw that, it's like okay, he's going back more to his roots, like the lock, stock, and two smoking barrels and snatch era. Yeah, which is, could be kind of fun, except the cast is just you know uber talented: Hugh Grant, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Charlie Hunnan, uh, Michelle Dockery. Speaking of other. Uh, 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 Downton Abbey alums, mm-hmm. Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell. Looks like Colin Farrell is playing the uh, Brad Pitt role. Because remember in uh, Snatch, Brad Pitt is the, the Irish guy that you can't, that, yeah, that you can't understand. Um, I, I, Colin looks like you can understand it, but it, it's, uh, it looks kind of funny. Uh, so that looked pretty interesting. There was also a, a very, very, very short teaser for Christopher Nolan's new movie called tenant did you see that as well oh is it about the doctor <laughs> no okay. uh no it's um it looks like a it yeah it's let's it, just a teaser so it only had the image of uh the a main i guess a main character uh of the movie and with very little else and i it's supposed to open in 2020 uh, so it actually is uh, July 17th, 2020 is when it opens. And um, I'm trying to think of who the actor that they showed was. Uh, I think it's uh, John David Washington, who I'm not really familiar with. But I do know that uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh is in it as well. And Robert Pattinson is also uh, has a major role in it. Um, so you've got uh, like and this like look these are ton like it took forever for the movie to start cuz there were just so many trailers cuz we also saw one for um uh Zombieland uh double tap or oh, we didn't get that so um but we've and, seen you know, I might actually be going to a preview of that next week oh very cool yeah mm-hmm. you'll have to give us a little rant and rave about that yeah, well, it'll probably be after next week's episode but yeah <laughs> rant and rave review about that um yeah, that looks. I, I like the first Zombieland movie. 
And mm -hmm. this is another one that's, uh, I think, shot in Atlanta as well, or in the Georgia area. Yeah, because I know the first one, a lot of it was uh, filmed down by, was it Valdosta? Valdosta. That's where, yeah, that's right. Because that's where the amusement park was that they went to. Gotcha. Right. And uh, yeah, that's one of the, yeah, that's one of the other reasons why people consider Georgia like zombie, uh, like that and Walking Dead have pretty much made uh, Georgia the, the zombie state. Exactly. Well, there's lots of reasons for that, but you know, neither here nor there. Um, now another trailer that I don't think we, well, okay. So we saw, there's two other trailers I need to mention. One that we did, I had seen this one before, but they showed this one as well, which is Ford versus Ferrari. I've seen that one already. So, and that one looks pretty interesting. That one is uh, Matt Damon and uh, a former Batman actor. Really? Uh, yep. That's, um, uh, he's in Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. Now I'm forgetting his name. You're forgetting the Batman for the 21st century? I'm sorry. Oh, that talks like this. Oh, that Batman. So, oh, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm just drawing a blank on uh, what is his name? That's awful. <laughs> if I could only have a tool to look it up, Christian Bale. That's okay. right. Thanks, Google. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, Christian Bale is in it as well. Um, and that looks, I don't know. I mean, I know that uh, if you're into car racing, which I kind of have dabbled in, uh, it should be interesting, but I'm not familiar with this story whatsoever. So At I, all? Uh, not, not really. So I don't know how true it is. Um, but uh, uh, it looks like it could be fun. I do know that, you know, Ford and Ferrari had a legit, you know, rivalry. So uh, that should be uh, kind of fun to talk about. And the other one that um, I didn't see a trailer for it this time. But uh, I have seen a trailer for it, a couple of other movies, and that is, it's another movie featuring Benedict Cumberbatch, and it is one, uh, man, what is it called? The, the Something War, right? Uh, oh, I'm going to have to look this one up too. My, my keep on going, keep on going. Go, 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 go. My brain's just not working. Um, Got to keep it going. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I feel a Shatner. Yeah. I feel a Shatner moment coming from Mike right now. While he's, I'm stalling for time here, and he's looking real quick for I, the movie. I am looking. Have you not seen this one? This is no. about the uh, Edison. The Edison versus, uh, Tesla. One. Tesla, yeah. With um, the other guy, Westinghouse. So it's Westinghouse, uh, um, Edison, and. You know what? It's so stupid because I'm at Benedict Cumberbatch's like ID, IMDb page and it's not here at all. Like, why isn't it here? Are you sure it's a real movie, Mike? <sighs> I'm not making this up. I swear I'm not making this up. Mm -hmm. uh, this is why ESO Network and Earth Station One has a capital P for professionalism before it. Well, and this is why, you know, we leave it to uh, the... Um, the other shows on the network to give you your latest and greatest news reports because they're all up like, you know, PCC and uh, uh, rusted robot. They're all up on uh, the latest and greatest stuff. And, you know, we kind of 
you kind of dip in and out. Um, I think. Uh, what is it called? The, oh, that's going to bug me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It comes out this year. And you know who's also in it? Tom Holland is in it. So I'm going to oh, him up as Spider-Man. Well. Yep. And he looks like he's still 12, even though he plays somebody a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Current War. It's called The Current War. Oh, and, I get uh, it. Current War. That makes yes, sense. Exactly. And when, uh, when, is yeah. this, when is this masterpiece coming out? This is supposed to be out uh, pretty soon, actually, October 25th. So that's coming out in a couple of weeks. And it's got Tom Holland, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Matthew McFadden. Uh, also, um, Michael Shannon plays George Westinghouse. And Tesla is played by somebody as well. And uh, I'm glad he, he's just not a face floating around. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch actually plays Thomas Edison. So he plays an American. Well, okay. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, so hopefully he can sport a English accent. Um, and then, um, like I said, uh, Michael Shannon plays, uh, George Westinghouse and Nicholas Holt actually plays, uh, Nikola Tesla. So, um, so yeah. Um, and, um, uh, JP Morgan is in, uh, is a character in it as well. And of course this is documenting, documenting the, um, the story of the battle between Tesla and uh, Edison with uh, Westinghouse there as well. It's the, it's a literally a battle of power. Cool. That that would change things. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's uh, a lot of the trailers that I've seen recently. Uh, And um, I know that uh, they released some trailers and some previews uh, as part of New York. Uh, comic-con uh including the picard trailer and other fun stuff but uh you know it's obvious that this is not you know this is not superhero mcu season it's now oscar season mm-hmm. exactly are any of those ones that i mentioned ones that you're thinking about seeing um probably at least three quarters of them okay definitely interested in 1917 looks just can't stop raving about that one mm-hmm uh the you know quite a few of the different trailers i'm going to be curious to see you know what other you know what's going to be coming for oscar season because a lot of times the movies that come out for the oscars that are nominated usually don't come out till january or february but they do limited release in december so they count as 2019 gotcha and i remember that little secret from when i was working you know, in Hollywood years and years and years ago. Uh, here's an interesting note. The the reason why I couldn't find the current war on the latest and greatest list for Benedict Cumberbatch is because I just wasn't looking far back enough. This movie was done uh, in 2017 and, oh. I guess shel- and, and shelved for a little while. So I wonder what maybe, that says about the movie then. <laughs> maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. So maybe it's uh, up there with new mutants. Come on. So, and uh, again, another movie that I didn't see the trailer for this past weekend, but I did see um, a couple weeks ago was the one for Liza. So, which is of course all about Liza Minnelli. 
Yes, I heard good things about that. I heard uh, Renee's what is it, Zellweger? Yep. Uh, got like all this plastic surgery done for this movie. Hmm. Even her teeth and everything. It's just because she's barely recognizable in this film. I was going to say, I thought she just had stuff done anyway. Well, she probably did. This didn't tell her. <laughs> so there's some interesting movies coming out. I mean, certainly for those people who complain about, you know, Hollywood just gives us sequels and, and all that. Um, you know, there's some uh, there's some stuff coming that uh, that looks like it it might be pretty interesting. Some of the stuff is kind of original, um, so I would say try to support it. No, agreed. And you know, folks, you know, there's a lot of stuff still coming, and you know what? Sometimes it's nice to step away from superhero stuff and such. But you know, before we do that, we're going to talk all about Joker in a little bit. But before that, we are going to talk about our newest victim in the geek seat. Let's take a break and pull Adam out of the Thunder Talk podcast and bring him to the geek seat. I demand it now. Be back in a moment. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big start out of me. This is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. I'm excited that we are into fall movie season now. There's actually some interesting movies coming out in theaters this weekend, and it'll probably be pretty busy all the way up until Christmas time. So lots to look forward to. One of the big movies coming out this weekend is Gemini Man, starring Will Smith, who's seen Double, playing two versions of himself in this sci-fi thriller. I really like the trailers for this movie. I saw them quite a few times while seeing various summer movies, and I thought it sounded like a really cool concept, reminded me a little bit of the movie Looper, but it's actually rotten on Rotten Tomatoes right now, so that's a little bit disappointing. It sounds like this may be one of those movies that was a great idea, but the execution is a little lacking. We also have an animated Adams Family movie coming out, um, a nice little tie-in for Halloween. One of my geek confessions is that I actually haven't seen a lot of Adams Family stuff, so that's probably something I would like to check in to eventually, but this may be a fun one if you're looking for something to take um, kids or families to. Finally, on DVD this week, we have Toy Story 4, which was one of my favorite movies of the summer. When you think about this is the fourth movie in this franchise, did they really need a fourth one? How much more story is there to tell? But I absolutely love this movie. I like that they still are finding ways to take this franchise fresh places. So I'm looking forward to catching it again when hopefully I'm pretty sure it will be on Disney+. And that's it for this week. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog, boxofficebuzzab.wordpress.com. Where comedy and commentary collide. Thunder Talk brings a unique variety show-style twist to the fandom podcast genre. We drop music from some of today's hottest up-and-coming artists. We discuss topics of social and political relevance and deliver our sideways take on the world at large. If stand-up comedy, NPR, the Millennium Falcon, and classic MTV had a baby, it would be Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is part of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and on all podcasting platforms. And all I gotta do is act naturally. (laughs) 
Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Earth Station One. Now it is the Geek Seat segment, and we actually have a returning guest to the Geek Seat because he kind of did it a little bit when Thunder Talk joined the network. Let's welcome Adam Weston to the network. Hey, welcome to the Geek Seat. Yes, it's a pleasure to be on the first station of Midgard with you, Mike and Mike. Well, it's great to have you back with us. Um, for those people who are not familiar with you and your show, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, Thunder Talk is pretty much comedy and commentary. Me and uh, Dan Clink, which everybody knows from Nerd Bliss the last 50 million years. Um, <clears throat> we just talk about everything from nerd stuff, Star Wars, Marvel. We really can't go an episode without talking about Marvel. That's just real. And uh, of course we have our other two co-hosts from Oklahoma city or near Oklahoma, somewhere in Oklahoma, Beth and Kavika shout out to them. And we just talk everything from nerd stuff like star Wars and Marvel to politics and social issues. And of course we have musical guests as well. So thunder talk is just, a little bit of, a little bit of everything. literally everything. <laughs> well, that's cool. And so, what what would you say is your uh, particular niche or specialty? What what is your particular like focus on 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 fandom? Like, where did you start? Well, I'm glad you asked. Like, where did I start in life, or my contributions to? this particular well like podcast. yeah what's your earliest fandom that you can remember really getting excited by um it all started with the holy trinity that i still uphold to this day because of my mom and my uncle which is star wars marvel and dc plain and simple oh, awesome very cool now would that with marvel and dc would that be the comics or would that be uh the shows or what what how far do you back do you go uh well, in the 90s, it was, of course, all the cartoons that everyone's seen. X-Men, Spider-Man, Batman, the animated series, uh, Superman, Justice League, and then any sort of comic that I could get my hands on, usually by way of my uncle, I would get my hands on it and read it a million times. Very and cool. then, of course, the 2000s onward, it was pretty much movies. <laughs> right. MCU all the way, right? Oh, yeah. MCU and with access to all 25,000 streaming services <laughs> that's come out, it's all there. But, yeah, that's been my holy trinity. And then, of course, just as recently as last year, finally became a wrestling fan. So my childhood is officially complete. I actually, uh, I actually became a wrestling, a pro wrestling fan later in life as well. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't, I knew I was aware of it growing up, but I didn't really get into it until probably the end of the Attitude Era. So, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what drew you in recently to to re- pro wrestling. Um. Well, what officially did the trick was, and of course, for years, of course, I'd been aware of people like The Rock and Undertaker and Sting, pretty much the Brett Favre and Michael Jordans of wrestling. Sure. Wait, and... who are those guys? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Is that some kind of sports ball thing you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, cricket. 
<laughs> but oh, yeah, okay. that match they had at Wimbledon was 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 classic. <laughs> I know that rock just hit the three like. Mm. But uh, yeah, as far as what really did the trick with me with wrestling, um, well, once I finally quit my night job and had time to watch Raw and SmackDown. It's what built my knowledge, but really got me into it was uh, a friend of mine had made me aware of this one female wrestler y'all might have heard of who cosplayed as uh, characters already like, such as Harley Quinn and nice. Freddy Krueger and Chucky and had and Iron, Iron Man, Man and Supergirl yep. suits, her name being Alexa Bliss. Little Miss Bliss. So I had a free trial of um, the WWE Network, and that's back during the old format where they had collections. Mm -hmm. And I started watching her collections, and I was just like, you know, this wrestling thing in general, I could probably get into it, like just watching any old thing. And that was exactly right. Thus, I discovered my other favorites like Roman Reigns, Everybody just boo now. And mm. Becky Lynch. No, no, no. It's not, it's not cool to boo him now. Like a couple years ago it was, but not anymore. It's, yeah. Now he's, now hey, he's over. I'm, I, mean, I was, I'm old school. I still boo him. That's okay. <laughs> I was actually there um, in Atlanta this February for the Monday were Night Raw you? where he came back and announced that he was in remission from his leukemia. You were in the crowd then? That was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was the most surreal moment of my life. And then, of course, later that night, see him Batista beat the crap out of Ric Flair and come yeah, back. Yeah, that was a big night. Oh, yeah. So so let me ask you, okay, so now that you're invested in wrestling, uh, and you already kind of mentioned, okay, so you're, you're, you're with Star Wars, with the Marvel, with DC, um, you know, each one of those has their own streaming service. Uh, of course, there's more wrestling now than there's ever been. Yeah. Uh, uh, a weekly on television now. Like, do you find now that it's almost overwhelming how much material is out there? Like, it, it's kind of a good problem to have, but yet it is a problem, right? Oh yeah. I mean, last night alone we had Hell in a Cell, the series premiere of Batwoman, the season premiere of Supergirl, the season premiere of The Walking Dead, which is what officially got me into like following TV consistently for the first time since Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on air and also the season premiere of Star Wars Resistance. Yeah, <laughs> you could say. Thank, thank God I have a DVR. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy now. Um, I mean, yeah, it's gonna. It's crazy to keep up with it all. I can't. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm behind on many, many shows and I try to, you know, try to tune in as much as I can, but whew, it's, it is overwhelming now. Yeah, every time somebody tries to recommend me a brand new show, I'm just like, that's cool. I literally can't. <laughs> I'm full. There's no more room at the end, right? You know, I used to be a gamer, and then all these shows started happening in the mid-2010s, and now I have time for maybe three games a year. <laughs> More than me, sir. More than me. Well, <laughs> let's find out even more detail what where your fandom lies. Mike, I think he's ready. Are you sure he's ready? This time, this time he's going to go through the whole gauntlet. Well, he has the chair to himself this time. So, Adam, you know, you better be careful because you might get something that you might not expect. A trip to the geek seat. 
Are you ready? <laughs> what was your favorite geek out moment, man? The portal scene from Avengers Endgame. That was the last 11 years of my life exploding in the most amazing of ways. Oh, when every single character in the MCU showed up? To probably Alan Silvestri's best composition ever. No, that was pretty darn awesome. I could see you geeking out at that. I think most everyone yeah. in the theater went, ah. and, you know, so, so. especially to the very first showing that Thursday afternoon. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure of it. I am sure of it. What was your most disappointing geek out moment though? Thor's haircut. And if you look at my Facebook, you'll know exactly why audience. <laughs> oh, well, you know, he has a Lebowski look now. So, um, Yeah. And Dan and I have words about that differing in ways. Well, you know, just, you know, add on another hundred pounds and you might fit, you know, it's perfect. <laughs> That's probably about a uh, hundred more trips to Moe's than I'm probably willing to go. Oh, okay. who am I kidding? I'll, I'll go to Moe's three meals a day. Come on. Okay. Now he has a mission, folks. This is true. This is good. And he, us here at ESO Network, we will keep track of that for you. We'll keep sexy Thor. Can he look like the movie Thor? <laughs> what geeks you out the most, man? Oh, the Firefly Funhouse and the WWE and the Fiend. Really? So we won't even ask what you thought about last night then on the pay per view. Um, a much more positive response than the live audience. That's for sure. Oh, that that did look ugly. That was ugly. Yeah. Which, I mean, they were already on edge because of the ending of SmackDown, but you add that kind of match and they're just going ballistic. Yeah, I could understand that. But people are talking about it. That's the thing. Exactly. And, <laughs> and of course, you're not going to get a conventional match with The Fiend. I mean, he doesn't care about the Universal Championship. He he just wants to mess with Seth Rollins and have him embrace his inner dark side. Of course. Of course. What turns your geek off? Social media. What about it? <laughs> Everything! <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's ask uh, Daisy Ridley and Kelly Marie Tran and um, literally any other person who's been in our favorite things that has to log on to Twitter and Facebook every day. It's just, I mean, there, there are good things to social media, you know, mm -hmm. such as promoting all the wonderful shows on the ESO network. Okay. Plug, he's, plug. he's sucking up now. Come on. <laughs> I know I'm pulling a lightning lad, you know, I, yeah. I gotta be a company man sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not <laughs> complaining. No, keep going. <laughs> What fictional but, character would you like to meet the most? Harley Quinn. Which version? Yes. Ooh, good question. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> good question, good answer. That is the best answer we've heard so far. That's awesome. What fictional character would you like to meet the least? The Joker. Do I dare ask the same question? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, because of answer five. <laughs> Well, yes. The Joker used to be one of my favorites, and then I discovered the truth behind that particular relationship, and I was just like, you know what? No. Sorry. I could see that. I, I mean, 
and probably reiterate this again during our main segment, but I mean, the Joaquin Phoenix one seems okay. And I didn't see any of those sort of issues actually bubbling up surprisingly, but we'll get to that later. We'll talk about that. The next segment, what is your favorite geek word quote or pose? We drank, we fought, we made our ancestors proud. And you can find out why at the end of every WTLK, The Thunder. That totally means something, and I appreciate that. That's good. (laughs) What is your ideal geek occupation, man? Uh, Strongest Avenger and sexiest Avenger. Okay. Well, you're on your road, so... Probably, you know, you win that with the ESO network already, so it's okay. First ESO network, then the world. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. What geek occupation would you not like to do? Literally any job in the Manhattan area in the Marvel Universe. Okay. Potential for high mortality rate. That's true. Also in the comic universe that way too. Exactly. Like my, my first draft of this answer was uh, any job in Manhattan in the MCU. I was just like, no, this applies to the whole Marvel universe in general. I could see that. All right, Adam, this is for all the marbles. Now your question is, what is your ultimate geek fantasy? Actually being a wrestler using the Thor gimmick in full, like finding some way to incorporate that right into there. Well, they do use lightning with the undertaker, so they could use that with your Thor thing. Exactly. And I mean, if they're bringing back pyro, they can bring back actual lightning. Sure. Why not? You know, what's a couple of electrocutions during a broadcast? Hey, no big deal. I mean, if it happens to Michael Cole, I mean, well, we could only hope, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised. I mean, Thor's in the public domain. I'm surprised that they haven't tried to do something with him, uh, you know, wrestling. one. Somebody must have somewhere. Uh, I'm surprised. I mean, maybe he has, and I just missed it, but I'm surprised uh, Johnny Gargano hasn't had a takeover uniform that's Thor-themed. <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yet. I think he's working through all the yeah. Avengers. He'll eventually get to him. Yeah, he's going to stay in NXT forever by choice. So, I mean, yeah, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, because he's seen what happens when they go to the main roster. Oh. Oh, 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 enough of that right now. Okay. (laughs) I I have thoughts about that, especially with the cruiserweights. Well, Adam, I've got some great news for you, my friend. You have made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $33.08. I can buy like 60 bottles of cheap tequila with that money. <laughs> yes, I suppose. If so you that's what they think up in Greenville. Got exactly. it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that well, totally awesome. makes sense. It has been uh, great to to finally get you through the gauntlet. And now, yes, you are officially uh, passed in one of the ESO crew. You could tell your boss, Dan, that, you know, you're now allowed regularly on the podcast. 
I have been knighted by the first station of Midgard, Lightning Lad. <laughs> yeah, it was important that we do this before we get to the next segment. So. Oh yeah, you know the next segment. We might lose you after that, so we have to see what happens after we talk about Joker. <laughs> and speaking of that, let's take a quick break, and we will get to our movie review. See you in a sec. Peace. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose to bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. What? If you smile <laughs> to your fear and sorrow, smile. And maybe tomorrow, What's so funny? Freak! <laughs> Gotham has lost its way. What kind of coward would do something that cold-blooded? Someone who hides behind a mask. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize... It's a comedy. If you just... Hey everyone, it's time for our movie segment and we are talking all about the controversial movie, The Joker. Take it away, Mikey. Well, of course, we've still got uh, Adam uh, um, strapped to this chair, so he's still on the station with us. And joining us for this movie review is one of our movie regulars, Alex Autry is back. It's good to be here. 
it's good to have you for this one. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting discussion, I think. So I'm really, I think so. And, and I think no, oh, yeah. none of us are surprised that Ashley's not here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, you know, no matter what you think about the movie, I think we can all safely agree we're probably not going to recommend it to Ashley. Mm-hmm. Maybe on home video or with all the lights on and during the day to watch. <laughs> But maybe not, you know, at night. Yeah, not at like 11 p.m., no. No. So uh, before we get into the meat of it, uh, Alex, since you're here, um, box office-wise, was this something that you think um, the studio was depending a lot to have a huge make a huge impact box office wise or what's what do you think is the big story here so first of all well the the big story is largest october opening ever um the, like the of F- anything ever. of anything ever wow um they were expecting uh uh they they um oh god what's the word i'm looking for not adjusted but uh they they were they expected uh, estimated ninety three point five million dollars. The total was ninety six point two million dollars for an R rated movie in October. Now that's a huge win, and honestly, I mean, I think we could probably take a look at the previous uh, um, comic book movies from mm-hmm. DC. And I, it's up there. I mean, it's 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 up there. But we are talking about an iconic character that is as much a part of pop culture as you know the the Man in Blue and the Dark Knight. So, um, but yeah, I think box office wise, this is a huge and much needed win for Warner Brothers because I think it might be their first number one this year. Really? I think I heard that also. Yeah. And it's amazing because I think worldwide it did over 250. Yeah. 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 And that puts it as far as R rated movies. I think that puts it right behind uh, John wick this year. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's fairly high. Yeah. It did a a 234 million globally uh, because it pulled in another 140.5 million uh, around the world which is fairly impressive. Yeah. Especially when the buzz on this wasn't great. Um, And I know a lot of people who were not just disinterested, but just flat out opposed to seeing this. So, uh, so I think that is a a huge win uh, despite all that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so let's talk about the, the movie itself and what your expectations were going in and what your feelings were coming out. And, and Adam, we'll start with you. Uh, what, uh, what were you expecting going into this movie and, and did it deliver for you? Um, well, <clears throat> starting off to comment on the business of it, because um, I've been working for movie theater for uh, 11 years now, and oh, cool. famously, October is absolutely one of the dead months. And like, v- I think Venom had that record before last year, yep. which, which was a fairly low bar, and not even, <laughs> not a, I mean, not even really any major horror movies come out in October. Surprisingly, like they come out thoroughly all other times of the year, but not really October, except for last year's Halloween. But 
yeah, Joker beat out October, but it's still sort of underperformed under expectations because like I can say we were preparing to just get our socks knocked off like a fall version of a Marvel movie, basically. But it's still, like I said, it did the numbers that it did across the country and globally. And it was a major success. And as far as my own expectations as Mm -hmm. a moviegoer, yes, and it did meet it. And it still even astounded me because, I mean, I went in obviously knowing this wasn't going to be a superhero movie. This was a movie about the Joker's descent into him being a guy to the clown prince of crime. And yet I found it even more powerful than I had even anticipated. Like, especially, and I think it came out at the right time too, because, you know, nowadays the discussion about mental health is being taken more seriously than it's ever been. And this movie came out at pretty much the perfect time. Interesting. Um, And yeah, I do want to talk about that because yeah, there's a lot about this movie that, and the timing of it is very, very uh, telling. I think Um, Alex, what about you going in, coming out? Okay. Interest of 100% transparency. I had zero interest in this film. I'm going to be flat out honest with you. This was not on my radar. I saw the previews for it. I went, huh, moving on. Um, my wife, uh, Tally, actually wanted to see it. That was her big thing. And then uh, Mr. Faber sent me a message saying, you're going to be there for the podcast on Monday, right? And I was like, well, <laughs> then, yeah, I guess I'm going to go see the movie then. Um did that's it, the way I work. Sorry, he's such a he's he's such a he wields a, such a powerful wand. You know, it got my button to the seat. Anyway, See, um, he phrased that to you, and yet when I messaged him, I was like, "So I'm going to be on the Joker podcast, right?" Yeah, yeah. and um, I uh, speaking as someone who who started my first jobs in movie theaters and have worked the last seven years uh, at a theater as well. We were expecting things in a much different way because. Um, for our side of it, we were looking at it as what kind of people are going to be coming into the theater? Uh, what kind of groups are we going to get in? And more importantly, how many families were bringing their nine-year-old to the superhero movie? Uh, and fortunately for us, we had very few of those. Um, I had very low expectations for this film for many, many reasons. One, I didn't see a reason for a Joker movie. Um, Two, it was directed by Tom Phillips. Now, for those who don't know who Todd Phillips is, he is a man who is known for such films as Road Trip and The Hangover. This is a lot like asking Kenneth Brenaugh to go ahead and make your Thor movie. (laughs) Um, uh, and and the end result is honestly, uh, this is weird for me. Um, it it went well past my expectations on many different levels um, because my I I went in not expecting to enjoy the film at all, 
because I didn't want to be there. The movie, as we'll discuss later, I'm sure, um, has some very, very uncomfortable tones throughout the film. Um, that if you're not going to this film with a heads up on, become more uncomfortable. And I think that the movie is beautifully shot and um, wonderfully directed and brilliantly acted. Um, so, yeah, I would say that it exceeded my expectations but I'm not necessarily saying that as a compliment. <laughs> I I know what you're, I think I, I, I think I'm on a similar vibe, but okay. uh, I want to hear what uh, Mr. Faber has to say. For me, it was a little bit different because I was really trying to stay away from any kind of spoilers or anything like that with this movie. And people were trying to, let it out of things out of the bag. Oh, you're going to see this. You're going to see that. And I said, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. From when I heard about this, because when this movie was first announced, there were like six different Joker movies in the works at that time. And this was not the only one. And I was like, Oh, we'll see which one, you know, Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll do it on the podcast. Because there's been a few different superhero movies that we haven't touched and or reviewed. And, you know, this one I wasn't 100% sure. But then when I saw the first trailer for it, it really piqued my curiosity. And, you know, one of the podcasts I listen to, you know, when I'm at work is Mark Maron. And Mark started talking about his role in this film. And he said it was little like a simple teeny, tiny roll. It was a very little teeny tiny. <laughs> but it was still got billing. He yeah, got exactly. Billing. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. That's I like that's like changes. that's that's Mark Hamill billing right there. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> but it was he started talking about it. His work with working with both De Niro and uh, Jacqueline Phoenix, and it was just. You know, it got my my curiosity even more going. And so I went in with zero expectations, not knowing for what it was. And when people started posting on Facebook after Thursday night, oh, it sucked, it was horrible, or other people, oh, this is a masterpiece. You know, I said, I'm going to step away from reading anything on it. I just decided I want to give this a fair shake. You know, I've seen all the different iterations of the Joker on this big screen and TV. So I'm going to be very curious to see where this goes. And I was very satisfied with what I saw. And we'll talk about that in a few. Uh, yeah, that's what we're here for. Um, and so, uh, yeah, well, just going in, uh, you know, my history, you know, I'm a Batman guy. And I'm particularly a Batman versus Joker guy. Uh, I have been getting like, you know, Batman versus Joker comics my entire life that I can recall. Um, if it had the Joker in it, it was added to my collection. Um, I have read, I like to think I've read just about every Joker story that there's been as far as the comics goes. And I can safely wow. say that this movie is not based on any of them. <laughs> like this is this is a completely <clears throat> unique and original take on the Joker. I mean, obviously, there's elements 
that are familiar. But as as far as you know, the, an origin story for the Joker or uh, the name Arthur Fleck, uh, I, I can re- not recall any of that being used at any time before. This is completely new ground. Um, also, a little bit you know off putting that it's you know it's um, it takes place. I mean, the DC universe, the DC extended universe, whatever they're calling it, has gotten a lot of flack for being dark. And so it's interesting that they felt like they need, they should do, just double down here, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're going to be dark about some topic, I, I do think that I have to give them credit um, for giving us a Joker that you should be disturbed by. Like, you know, we have, we have the Mark Hamill jo- Joker. We have the Cesar Romero Joker. They're great and they're fun. Uh, but... Are you scared of them? No. I mean, when I, I can remember, you know, reading stories and even though a lot of them were fun stories, a lot, some of them were very frightening. And then in particular, you know, when I picked up Killing Joke, that was a, that rewrote like the, 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 the story on Joker. All of a sudden I, I looked at him as being one of the most threatening figures in comics. Like just, just, uh, absolutely intense and violent and crazy and uh i'm kind of interested that somebody decided to to depict that and to give him an origin and this is not to say that look uh, uh, you know for those people who are out there going oh this is the definitive origin it's not no it's not uh, i think at it's all. pretty clear that this is this is an else worlds if you will right um um so you know, this is an interpretation. This is a story featuring the Joker, uh, a possible, you know, story with him and, and how uh, it could be played out, how somebody gets to that point to become something like the Joker. Um, with the trailers, I had seen, like Mike, it looked like it was a bit more intriguing. Like Alex at the beginning, I had no interest because I was thinking, man, if they're going to do the Joker the way that the Joker should be, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to see that, and I'll be able to walk out of there because that's going to be so disturbing. Uh, things like you know, movies like Taxi Driver, Henry, a Portrait of a Serial Killer, things of that nature. You know, I see once and I'm good. Like I don't need to see them again. Um, and I would put this movie into that that box. It's it's a great movie. I was impressed by the filmmaking. I was impressed by the direction. Uh, I love the music. Was impressed by the acting. But this will be the only time I see this movie. Um, it's not, you know, as much as I, I, as much as I think it is a good movie, it is not one that I want to visit over and over again um, because it is disturbing, very disturbing, and I think it's really effectively disturbing. I think that's what they wanted, though, from. The and movie. I think it should, yeah, exactly. I think that's what it should be, right? I mean, if you're going to take the Joker seriously, you know, even this one, this portrayal of the Joker even makes Heath Ledger's look not that disturbing. <laughs> Which, yeah, and he even kind of attributed uh, at least one particular scene to Heath Ledger's Joker because Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger were great friends. Mm hmm like the cop car scene towards the end. 
Let's let's talk about Phoenix in the role because I do find it interesting that Warner Brothers continually uh, casts actors that I don't particularly care for as the Joker, um, and they managed <laughs> to surprise me. Um, Heath Ledger is one that I, I mean, I I thought was okay. I didn't have anything personally against him, but I didn't like love him. And when he was cast, I was like, oh, okay, let's see how this works. Blew me away, right? Uh, Jared Leto, not a huge fan. Uh, and you know, coming out of Suicide Squad, I can't say that I'm even more of a fan. Um, his Joker was a, definitely a different interpretation, and so you know, Phoenix is cast, and I think I think you have to be a little bit crazy in order to take this part and do it justice. Um, what do you guys think, um, Adam? Yeah, he did it for its own little interpretation for the ties he's had with Heath Ledger and also with the direction he was going with Todd Phillips. It was pretty much on the money. And, you know, myself and also Dan were part of the minority that was actually pretty fine with uh, Jared Leto's Joker Mm -hmm. because we recognized that was just a super, 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 super modern take on the Joker. (laughs) I can't, Ooh, there's not enough God. supers in the world for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as far as this with him, like starting as a lower class, mentally ill man who just wanted to, who had honest intentions of bringing joy and happiness into the world to being basically being beat down by society and turned into the clown prince of crime it was just wow <laughs> i mean you see you see every step of him becoming you know from a sad little man to uh the the joker and i think at the end they do a pretty good job at acknowledging i mean i certainly recognized him as the joker and you could see that each step he was taking he was getting closer and closer um, and I thought that was really well done, but uh, I think the acting was great. I think uh, Phoenix made it his own. Uh, Alex, did you have a, any thoughts about the casting? You know, it, it not just uh, of him, but also um, just the, all of their their choices for for casting were, were fairly solid here, um, and yet not with the exception, I would say, of De Niro. Um, none of them were really known for being able to do harder dramas like this. Um, one of the things that about the, the trailers for this, and, and I realize that everybody right now is going, uh, excuse me, Phoenix does nothing but dramas. Um, I just <laughs> tend to laugh a lot at them. Um, when I saw the previews for this, when I first started seeing the trailers for this, the one thing that kept popping into my mind was Martin Scorsese's movie King of Comedy. Yes. Which also starred Robert De Niro. Um, and I kept seeing, and throughout watching the movie, I kept seeing the similarities uh, between the two. Um, the portrayal that Phoenix does and the mental and physical uh, work that he does in this movie. Um, he gets himself. I suspect that he's maybe 80 pounds in this film. 
Oh, oh at yeah. the most. Um, <laughs> Soaking wet. Yeah. Yeah, there's a moment in which he's answering the door without his shirt on, and you see one of his shoulder blades just jutting out. It's it's an unnerving scene. And honestly, if it's makeup, give those people an Oscar. But um, it, it's it's one of those things that he definitely – and a lot of times, my, my Tally and I were talking about it. They, they Normally, if they have to have a, an actor lose weight fast, what they'll do is they'll put him on a vegetarian diet. Joaquin's a vegan. So we're like, how did they get him thinner? How did they get him to that point? And obviously, you know, there's a, there's a moment at the beginning of the movie in which he's taking care of his mother and he, he gets her some food and he's cutting it up for and everything like that. And she actually says, you need to eat something. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's at that point that you kind of, it clicks in your head. They have enough money to feed one of them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's those little details throughout the film that are done both in the acting style and in the, the, the way the direction is done as well as how the actors are performing that holds the story together and keeps it at what could easily be said a brilliant level. Uh, it's still what I'm not going to go back to. Um. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And uh, yeah, like uh, you mentioned, um, I had never seen King of Comedy. And so I recognized that it was going to be maybe something that I'd want to do before I saw this. Yep. So on Friday... I watched uh, King of Comedy for the first time and I'm really glad I did Mm -hmm. because there's a lot, you're right. There's a lot of callbacks to that uh, intentional. And there's, you know, there's, there's elements like if I was, you know, sort of to put some movies in a blender to get the Joker, it would be taxi driver. Mm -hmm. uh, It would be King of Comedy. It would be V versus V for Vendetta. Like these movies, like you would kind of, like there's elements of the, and then you've got like, you've got some Batman stuff in there too. Some like some origin Batman stuff in there, which uh, I was completely surprised by actually. Um, But uh, Mike, what did you think of the casting? Oh, the casting was brilliant. Each way across the line, you saw little cameos by, oh, I know that actor, but you didn't have a name with them. Or, oh, I saw that person in, oh, what was that movie? It was just, it was just. I figured that's just because I'm getting old. That too. <laughs> that too. Yeah. But it was, just, it was just interesting, though, because you had many characters <laughs> and many, you know, roles. De Niro was awesome. And it was kind of funny, you know, seeing him as the Carson role. Because, you know, the whole King of Comedy thing that he did a few years back. Yeah, and it was like full circle there, and then the feel of this movie of feeling like Taxi Driver, in a lot of ways. One of the brilliant things that they did to make sure that you had the feeling of nineteen eighties Gotham was started right at the very beginning when they used the nineteen eighty Warner Brothers logo. Exactly. Yes. Um, it, it established. It, if you were if you were old enough or had seen movies from the eighties, 
So again, Ashley, no point in being here this week. Exactly. That's the main reason she's not <laughs> yes. here, folks. Yeah. Um, she wouldn't know what the 1980s were, so it's okay. Yeah. So <laughs> when that opened, when, when I saw that logo, my mind immediately went 80s movie. Oh, exactly. And then they opened up on the streets. We have the moment where we're seeing Gotham City, and it's just filled with uh, uh, adult cinema and all this stuff. And my mind, again, went back to pre-New York cleanup. Yep. Oh, yeah, exactly. All these things that were done in the film and the acting done in the film triggers these things in your head if you're old enough to remember them. And I think that's what, again raises the level of this film oh exactly it was interesting because the area where arthur was working when he was dressed as the clown at the very beginning Mm -hmm. that's what broadway felt like folks back in the 1980s yeah 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 and it was dirty it was grimy you had you know right next to the broadway theaters you had the porn theaters or the adult cinemas and strip clubs it was just it was a dirty, dank place where you didn't want to really go at night. And it was just, it, you felt it throughout this movie. You felt the grime th- of Gotham. They captured it so perfectly. Setting well, it during the, the garbage strike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, and, and that whole tension. I think you could have done the same thing uh, by, by doing it during the Summer of Sam. Oh, very much so. Um, which yeah, which yes. I think would have been very interesting. But I think at that point, if you do that, then suddenly you've got two villains to worry <laughs> exactly. about. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He doesn't <laughs> want competition, right? But, but again, no. that same type of tension. It's that whole, you know, the balance of power. And, and, and again, where, you know, as, as Adam mentioned uh, kind of brilliantly before, uh, we are at a similar point uh, right now. In our society, yeah, society, yeah. I mean, I haven't. I don't believe we've gotten to the eat the rich portion yet, but we're close. It's, com- <laughs> it's coming close. So. It's yet, <laughs> he said. Yet, uh, yeah, yet is it one more election cycle. Uh, yeah, oh, don't, so. shush, 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 shush. <laughs> that's not good. Sorry, there. that's sorry, that's the Dan and me coming out. Yeah, no, uh, I, I kind of figure, but it was interesting because you said characters in this movie. I think Gotham is a character in very this much. movie. Very, well, very much. I think, I think, you know, out of all the times that I've seen Gotham depicted, this is the closest I've ever seen it to be New York. Like yeah. this is, it's New York. I mean, it's, it's so New York. Uh, I mean, there's very little in it that's stylized as Gotham actually. When they called it Gotham city, I actually was surprised. I'm like, Oh, I thought this took place in New York because yeah. it feels <laughs> so New York. It doesn't feel like, you know, and, and I know that, you know, Scorsese was originally tied to this. So there's that element there, um, of course, uh, to this movie. Um, oh, to the to the scenes on the subway train with the lights flickering off because they're hitting the gaps in the tracks. Yeah. And it's I remember that when I was a little kid being scared, you know, because being on the subway and literally being able to see the whites of people's eyes when the lights went out. Man, that'd have been creepy if you'd have been a kid. There'd been a clown on there. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. The uh, not only was the garbage strike a callback, but when he's on the subway and the, those guys are attacking the girl and everything, and he takes matters into his own hands, I couldn't help but think of the Bernard Getz yep. controversy that happened. Oh, exactly. Right, right around that time, and he so, became a hero to the people. 
absolutely i yeah. mean there's there's yeah i mean it, this so it's not like this movie is co- way out of field it's not like it's a huge fantasy no I mean, obviously it does take things to the extreme in some cases but it it's very much grounded in a reality that we can like that was actually real uh probably more real than like i said anything else that i've seen depicted as far as gotham goes mm-hmm. yeah well um, look at even like arkham in this yeah. It looks, it's a real mental institution. It's not this place far outside the city that looks like a castle or right. something or on, <laughs> like on an man. island or something like that. It's just this state hospital. Exactly. This and, is- I, and I loved when he asked, what kind of people are in here? You know, what does it take to get in here? It was just, it was just, it was just so fripping well done. It was just awesome we have grown to a point where we are used to our superhero movies putting us in a more stylized version of the cities that we know. Uh, This movie goes the exact opposite direction. And the reason for that is because again, Mike, as you said, Gotham is as much a character in this film as anybody else. And of course the whole premise behind this film seems to be that everything is against Arthur Fleck. Yeah. And that's what brings him to the madness. So I suppose in that way, that's the tiniest little possible connection with the story. Because again, with killing joke, we have the one bad day uh, turned him into it. And it just turns out in this one, it's just a lifetime (laughs) of of one bad life. One bad life. Yeah. When, When he says that he doesn't know what happiness is, Mm-hmm. Um, that's really striking, uh, especially for a guy who, who, who laughs as much as he does. And that's a, that's an interesting, um, sort of aspect that they give his character too, which was a new take that I've never really seen before where his, his laughter is uncontrollable. It, it's a either, you know, actual physical, it's kind of, they're not really, you know, they are not really clear whether it's physical or mental, but it's 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 a condition that he has. It's based on a trauma. Um, but but having said that, they do make it ambiguous because there's a moment in which he's sitting in the comedy club researching his act and he's laughing at the setups. Yes. And not yes. the punchline. Not the punchline, yes. Which I thought was very, very unique because like and like the first time he laughs, I'm like, "Oh, that's a little uncomfortable." And then the second time he does it, I'm like, "He doesn't get it." Mm-mm, he doesn't. He just doesn't <laughs> get it. Um, the the side stories that occur throughout the film, uh, revelations as to the relationship between his mother and Thomas Wayne. Um, which when they made the big statement, I don't know how spoilery we want to be. We, we said spoiler heavy, man. Yeah, yeah. Go um, for it. The, the announcement that Thomas Wayne may have fathered Arthur Fleck. And then there was, there's a brief moment where everyone in the theater goes, holy crap. He and Bruce are half brothers. Yep. 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 Oh yeah, people were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even Tally looked at me on that one. She was like, "What?" And I'm like, "You know, um, you're like I, I'm just here for the ride. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I'm here because I got to do a podcast on Monday." 
Uh, no bats. I am your half brother. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, but again, you know, I mean, but that just winds up in the end making in his mind, his mother, another, uh, another person who's attacked him. Another Mm -hmm. one who's done him wrong. Um, well, I think that was revealed the the whole thing when he got that file right at, at Arkham right um, and oh my God when he was the the look on that guy's face when he was reading the file and <laughs> Arthur was on the other side and he was like uh, uh, I can't tell you anything else you, yeah he's going through it like very very casual and he goes stops and he goes, wait <laughs> did you say you were here son. It's kind of like, wait, why am I doing this? Exactly. (laughs) I was like, why did you even get the file? Like, I don't know. It just seemed kind of. It was so brief, but Brian Tyree Henry is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The look on his face, though, was just like, oh, uh, um, uh, I want to be somewhere Uh, else. Yeah. I I want to be. uh, It's time for my break. I don't want to be the one to give this guy the bad news. (laughs) That said, though, he had much more arm strength than, than seven pound, eight ounce. Uh, <laughs> so, he's got that he's got that crazy strength. Well, he does headbutt the the gate, which That's I true. imagine would scare anybody. Um, um, yeah. um Alex actually thank you for introducing and uh, uh, asking about the spoiler elephant yeah. in the room. Um but this brought me to a double-sided question that I wanted to bring to our esteemed oh, crap. today. There we go. <laughs> about <laughs> Thomas Wayne. Um a, which side of the story do you think is more tragic that his mother would be telling the truth or if it turns out his mother is not telling the truth? And also B, um, it's an interesting trend I've noticed recently with depictions of Thomas and Martha Wayne because for the most part in Batman source material, they've been portrayed as, you know, good hearted philanthropists. Right. But the only other... Um, medium that i've seen where it turns out they have a bit of a dark side to them at least thomas wayne is the batman telltale games where thomas wayne has had some dealings with uh falcone and whatever who else mob villain person of is and now it turns out in this particular movie this thomas wayne is also an asshole there's been some else worlds where the Waynes have been uh, kind of nasty, um, obviously, uh, and in the comics they've kind of alluded to some things as well, without really just going full out and saying that they that they're bad people. Because I think, you know, much like the Kents, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to spoil them, you don't want to tarnish them. Why'd you uh, have to that, say that name? Exactly, <laughs> Martha. Um, but. Uh, I think that brings up uh, an interesting point as well. What did you guys think? Because we have the introduction of Thomas, Martha, Bruce, and Alfred. And as far as I can tell, apart from the character of the Joker, they're the only DC characters in this movie. Yeah, Everything did, else you did, is you didn't like, have a commissioner Gordon or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have you don't have a lieutenant or you know you know police captain Gordon like just starting out. And, exactly. and I was really sad that this Alfred wasn't played by Sean Pertwee because that is probably <laughs> my favorite Alfred interpretation. Well, if he was, he would have just kicked the guy's ass, and it wouldn't have been. It would have been the movie would have been yeah, over. Ma- so. Yeah, the end. 
Come along, Master Bruce. But I, did I think he would have done it anyway? I think I was very surprised. I, I didn't expect to see. I certainly didn't expect to see Batman in this. Mm-hmm. But I didn't expect to see Bruce even in this. And when they mentioned Thomas Wayne, I was like, "Well, that's weird." And of course, you know, if you think about the timeline, then by the time Bruce becomes Batman, uh, Arthur, aka Joker, is like in his fifties at least. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So it's like. Hmm, how is that battle gonna go? Um gonna be it's, brief. It's a it's a very <laughs> it's a very weird dynamic and and I don't know, I still don't know what to think of putting that element in there. And yet again, uh, giving us a origin story for Bruce with the pearls and the the the, the alley killings and everything. Like I, I don't know if I don't know if that really worked for me. But there was attention to detail in that scene. In the comic books, it's always been established, especially early on, uh, that if they weren't leaving the opera, they were leaving the movie. And what movie were they seeing? They it's were always Zorro. Zorro. Yeah. Zorro the Gay Blade. So coming out Zorro the Gay Blade. So though. Out of Zorro the gay blade <laughs> and I'm like, that's attention to detail. And that's the sort of thing that you get from the director of The Hangover. <laughs> I, I think that... I, there's a couple of questions running around here. One, um, I, I think it would have been, uh, I, I think that we went with the more tragic story that his mother was just delusional. Um, and it explains a whole lot more about the Arthur Fleck character. And I'm not, I'm not going to continue calling him the Joker um, because I did. I never, I never needed a Joker origin story. Um, and no, I think that agreed. If done an Arthur Fleck movie and not, put the Joker as the character, you would have gotten the exact same movie. Um, Still disturbing as hell, still very uncomfortable in parts. But for me, the character build of Arthur Fleck was very, very fascinating because Obviously, when we're watching it through his eyes, all we're seeing is that everybody around him is just awful. There's nobody likable in this movie except for the do- the neighbor down the hall, uh, played uh, brilliantly by uh, Zazie Beetz. Um, when he's on the bus and he's making the child smile, the woman snaps at him for no reason. She just flips on him. There's no reason for that. There was no need for that. He's getting fired from his job. They've got the, you know, he he gets a complaint listed on him because he stole the sign. Oh, right. Closing. And he didn't, it was stolen from him. He ran after it and And got his ass kicked. And then got his ass kicked for it. So that was delightful. Mm -hmm. And the guy who gave him the gun. Yeah. The guy who gave him the gun who then turned around and said, Hey, you know what? I think that, you know, this guy's, you know, this guy actually came to me and asked to buy a gun from me. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly, and it was it was awful. And there were there were no nice people in this no. movie no. and everything. And everyone kept on beating him down, not just physically, but verbally, mentally, and people he trusted turned against him. Right, and you literally saw on his face as he started turning. Mm-hmm. And well, one of the interesting things for me was that every time there was a good thing to happen, it was all in his head. Yes. Everything in the movie that was a good thing for him didn't happen. 
Well, that's right. that's where I was going to go. Actually, mm-hmm. is what of this movie, other than the bad stuff, actually really happened? If you think about it, the whole th- the whole thing with him having the relationship with that woman all in his head. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything with you know at the end when he was captured, did the whole thing with him in the police car, and you know then him. S- basically being resurrected and taking over the, you know, the clown posse or whatever you want to call it. Um, was that all in his head? You know, that type of stuff. I actually didn't think about that, but now that you've said it, I don't think, I think that did happen in his head because again, we wind up seeing him still in Arkham. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we don't know, we don't know when he got there. Yeah. Uh, We don't know. Like, so like everything in the last third of the last act, we don't know if it really happened or not, uh, if yeah. he actually did get to be on the show, like we don't even know, we can't even take that really. We don't uh, we know the Wayne's got shot. That's for sure. We do know that. Well, yeah. well, we, we kind of do, but unless there's a follow up, we don't. Um, so, uh, it could have all been in his head. Yeah. That's his revenge against Wayne. The, yeah. Because in particular, you know, when the Wayne's get shot, that's when we cut back to him. And the and he starts laughing for real, and and she asks, "What's the joke?" And he says, "You wouldn't get it." Um, and you know, like exactly, that's a very loaded answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am convinced, and I, I, you know, even though this is the Arthur Fleck story through most of it, that last shot of him in the hall dancing and then being chased is pure Joker. That is that he is he has crossed over and he is Joker. Oh, he became Joker to me when he stood up on the TV set and looked right into the camera. Uh, he still wasn't a hundred percent for me yet. That was a very Heath Ledger Joker moment. Yeah, that's a, I, no. I, <laughs> oh yeah, Alex, I agree completely. I yeah. was I was in the same boat that I said, oh, that's Heath Heath Ledger's Joker right there. But it's a great moment because we do have callbacks to like Ramiro's style where he's kind of dancing around the maniacal style that we're getting from Mark Hamill's voiceover work. You know, all of those little things are peppered in throughout the film. So any version of your Joker with perhaps the exception of Jared Leto um, is, is certainly involved in this film. There's a a moment um, if it actually happened, um, when he's takes the blood from his mouth yep. and makes the smile bigger mm. and it looks like Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. Cause yep. the paint was partly off his face cause it had sweated off. Right. Yeah. Um, and there was just so much in this. It's like, okay, is this happening? And cause it started making me question everything when you realize the whole thing with the woman mm-hmm. was in his head. And I started going, Oh crap. What else? has happened this whole story could have happened in his head he might have not even killed his mother i think he did i think he did uh i think it's possible there's a lot of ambiguousness to this whole thing one of the questions that came out of it when we left the theater um somebody looked at me and went he let the neighbor go right oh exactly oh my god (laughs) exactly Oh, we don't know. 
the only one that we know got away was the little person that was that worked with him at the clowns thing. That's the only one we know. You were always good to me. You, know? you were always good to me. Everybody else, he has that demonic smile on his face in her apartment when he brings the fingers up to his head. He has that demonic look in his eye. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I, I lean more towards she doesn't make it to the end of the movie. That's, you know, it's probably a good call because theoretically, I mean, realistically, once he leaves, you know, she goes right and calls the cops. Right. Oh, so, and I'm yeah. sure the, the little person called the cops. I'm not as I'm convinced not, no. about that. <laughs> um, he, he might be just like, you know what? I'm just going to mind my own business. He, I do not want to upset he, that guy. He doesn't look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> no, no, not without a step stool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that he and wow. 17 of his closest friends got into one car and got out of town. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and it's very much like, uh, King of Comedy in that way, where there's a lot in King of Comedy where you're not sure what's real and what's not. Yeah. Uh, but I think Alex, it's a pretty good rule of thumb that if something good happens to him, it it doesn't really. No, no. So, uh, exactly how much bad stuff is, is in his head. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if you, once you start unraveling that the whole movie, like if you pull on that thread the whole movie comes apart. So it's very difficult. Uh, and maybe they should have made it a little clearer. I think they but, wanted you to do that though. Well, I do. I, I think yeah. so as well, but I'm not sure if that was the, the best move. I think $96 you know, million like, dollars says that it probably wasn't the worst. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. Look, I'm not arguing, but it's 96 more million more dollars than I have right now. Yeah, I know, it's right? true. You know, it's, it's funny, Mike, you had said that that scene of him kind of dancing in the hallway and noticed the red footprints. Yep. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. Which she, she didn't, she didn't she make it out of that room. She definitely didn't. Make it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. The funny thing is, is that I would have been happy if that scene had been cut from the film. If we had just seen him laughing and got that shot of Bruce in between his parents. And her saying, what's so funny? And he goes, I, I, you wouldn't understand. Fade yeah. to black, brilliant ending. That, yeah, I, I yeah. don't disagree. Um, except, like, to me, that, yeah, you're right. That, but that kind of, it, it kind of shows that he's, like, now the Joker. Like, yeah. He is, he's not just, he's not just a Joker. He's the Joker. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it'll be, you know, I don't know. There are, I know there's been talk of a sequel to this, and I just oh think good that's, god, that's wrong. No, please, no, like, no, no. <laughs> like, please don't do that. Um, but of course, there's always you know when in, when anything succeeds, there's always talk about that sort of thing. Yeah, I did think it was interesting that before this movie, I saw a trailer for the new Birds of Prey mm-hmm. slash Harlequin movie, and I'm like, oh, so it's established, I guess, in this universe that. Uh, you know, Joker and and Harley are really going their separate ways in, in movies and everything. So, yeah, um, it was weird. Yeah. I Which is was... interesting yeah. because she's going to be in the Suicide Squad reboot along with at least a few other cast me- 
members from the 2016 movie. Yeah. So it's it's going to be really interesting if, to see which continuity con- she fits in. If you're looking for continuity in DC, just, just forget stop. about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just there's no point in it. Um, I also saw the Birds of Prey uh, thing, and I had originally thought was that supposed to originally be done as just a DC online uh, their streaming service movie? I don't no, because so. they've already got a they've already had in planning for a couple of years now a Harley Quinn animated series on the right. way. Yeah, right. I knew about so that. This, I for so whatever reason, originally this was supposed to be a Gotham City Sirens movie with her Poison Ivy and, her, and Catwoman, directed by David Ayer, who did the original Suicide Squad movie. Okay. But then it kind of got canceled and morphed into a Birds of Prey movie. Yeah, DC threw so much stuff at the wall to see what sticks. It's it's kind of like, oh, these two movies kind of stuck. Uh, so it's like now that's kind of awkward. Oh well, let's make them anyway. Um, so before we wrap up, and I know there's a lot more we could talk about, but the, before we wrap up and give our final thoughts, I do have this little anecdote because um, you mentioned that the theaters were trying to be really careful about, and the, and the and Warner Brothers too, to establish the fact that this is not, you know, this is not a kids movie, this is not an MCU movie, this is not something, this is an R-rated movie, and it's, this isn't even Deadpool R. Yeah, this isn't. You're right. This isn't even Deadpool R. This is. Oh yeah, no, no, you're right. No. So. But nevertheless, I didn't notice them when I was in the theater, when I was watching the movie. But at the end of the movie, during the credits, a woman and uh, I assume it's her son, uh, who was about, we'll say, 12, 13. Oh, no. uh, Was was in the audience. Uh, They were they got up and they stood by the door and watched the credits waiting. Um, And. I did not get a chance to approach them, but uh, two other folks, two other moviegoers uh, were on their way out. And as they were leaving, they said to, I overheard them say to the mother and her son, yeah, Nick Fury's not going to show up at the end of this one. Ah! (laughs) That's classic, dude. Nice. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Where's Fury? (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, um, thanks, everybody, for the great discussion. Uh, As we wrap this up, uh, let's give a final thought and rate it. Uh, Of course, one through five is our usual uh, stars. Uh, Adam, we'll start with you. Uh, uh, The only possible gripe that I have with this movie is it didn't so much showcase the Joker's intelligence. Like, I'm not saying Arthur Fleck was like an idiot or anything, but all of his jokerish acts were mostly random acts of violence but other than that i thought the movie was incredible and makes me wonder if people were really hating on the dceu for being dark or just dark in a Zack snyder way because <laughs> I, I mean this could be a discussion I, I that, that could be had for a long time <clears throat> but yeah i thought it was amazing and uh yeah i can't wait for birds of prey alex it's a weird one to try to rate. Um, visually, it's a five. Performance-wise, it's a five. Story-wise, it's a five. For me, execution of that story and the story it tries to tell drives it to a one. Um, I think this movie is a very heavy movie. It's a very powerful movie. It's, for me, not a very likable movie. 
Um, so I have to average it out and I'm going to give it a two and a half. Okay. Um, but wow. not based on the merits of the movie are much better than the grade that I'm giving it. I, I know what you mean. I, I think I have something similar, but Mike, I want to hear your rating first. Hmm. I agree with what Alex says completely, but everyone was saying how violent and how dark and how there'll be people rioting at the movie theaters. And, you know, it was just, it was like, I was going in like trying to keep open mind, Mike, open mind, open mind. And I walked out of there just going, wow. And if this movie is not nominated for awards, I'll be shocked. And mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a solid five. It really kept kept me on my seat. I was not bored once in this film. I was riveted to the actor as the Joker. I was act- riveted to Gotham and the story itself. I just like, okay, how much more is this poor guy going to have to take? And we found out and it was just amazing. And then to realize, all right, how much of this was in his own mind. And it's just, it was, there's so many different levels and so many things I still want to talk about with this. So if you want to talk about it, write me, please. I definitely, (laughs) there's just so much more still to go. So I'm going to give this a solid five. Completely. There will be, believe me, this movie will be talked about and written about and theorized about for years to come. Uh, I, 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 I guarantee that. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult for me to rate this movie as well because on the one hand, I I think that it was well-made. I think it was a little bit, I don't want to say, I'm trying to think of a word. Derivative is there because it, it's not exactly true, but it's like there's better, I think there's better movies that uh, depict kind of like this kind of thing, like Taxi Driver we've mentioned, right? Taxi Driver depicts the same kind of thing and it's better. Um, uh, even Henry's portrait of a serial killer is, is I would say kind of better than this movie. But again, those movies are ones that I will never see again. And, and Joker is a movie that I will never see again. Um, and I have problems and this is where I think Alex and I, I kind of agree. I, I have problems recommending this movie um, because I, I don't know that it's something that, that needs to be seen in some ways. Um, you know, especially oh, I think this day, it completely does. I disagree with that. Especially in this day and age when things are so tense, like it seems like, oh, well, the answer is like, you know, just kill everybody and go crazy. I'm like, that's not a great message to send. Um, however, you know, I, on the merits of the movie itself, uh, I'm going to give it a, a solid four and leave it at that because it was well-made, well-produced, well-done. Uh, they did, I think, everything they accomplished, uh, set out to do, and uh, kudos to them, but uh, I will not watch it ever again. <laughs> it, it'll be one Batman movie that, you know, never makes it into my collection. Yeah, see, Dan hasn't seen it yet, so I have to watch it again. And I'm glad, <laughs> glad to. You know what? Yeah. If people want to, that's fine. You know, I'm, I, I'm looking I, you forward know. to seeing it again. 
I really so, am. I, you know, that's great. I get it, you know. Um, and and I, I just, you know, me personally, uh, my psyche, my stomach, or whatever, I, mean, I just don't have it for it, that, that sort of thing, you know. Um, but uh, I'd rather spend my money on happier things, I guess. Uh, but that's just me. So anyway, like Mike said, we want to know if you want to keep the discussion going, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, you can write to us. You can send us voicemail. You can be part of our discussion group because uh, I'm sure we can start a spoiler thread in that and talk all about it as well. So we want to hear from you. Uh, and next up, we are going to talk about the ESO Network Cut. Welcome to a Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about Gendy Tarkowski's animated show, Primal. Most people know the work of Gendy Tarkowski, even if you are not familiar with the name. Parents of young children most likely know of Hotel Transylvania. If you were a child in the 90s, you know of Dexter's Laboratory or even Samurai Jack. But his new show, Primal, just aired, and it's amazing. The show follows a caveman as he lives in a very harsh Jurassic world. His family is devoured by a family of T-Rex dinosaurs before his very eyes. He has to live, cope, and survive in a world alone. This animated show, which so far has one episode aired, has no dialogue. The only voice credit is for yelling, the voice of the caveman, and mostly relies on music and sound effects, and they are very emotional and effective. The show is brutal, since the world is just that. The art style is amazing and effective for the story, and the story is also very deep without saying anything. The amount of emotion in this show is outstanding, and it's very, very great to watch. It opens very, very strong and ends very strong in just the first episode. It airs on Adult Swim, and I would highly recommend it. Just know that this is meant for an older audience, not your Hotel Transylvania-loving kids. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. For the week of October 10th, 2019, it's the ESO Network Con Report. Well, this week we've got uh, the Atlanta Comic Convention. It's a one-day show on October 13th. That is Sunday. Uh, Mike will be there. Uh, He is scheduled to be there and look around. And and so if you've got pop figures you want to get rid of, uh, you can bring them to to the show and and mike will take a look at them of uh, course i will peruse whatever pops you wish to show exactly and uh yeah he, he has a list of ones that he's looking for so if you want to coordinate that ahead of time feel free to reach out to him send him an email uh hit him up on the social media hit him up on the twitter uh or whatever and uh and yes you guys can work that out unfortunately i will not be able to make the show as i will be out of town so um, and as I mentioned last week, uh, my con, my con year is over, uh, which is kind of sad. Uh, I love doing conventions. I love doing appearances, but it looks like, uh, there's just not that many, uh, for the rest of the year. So 
Uh, but there is an announcement that will be forthcoming very, very soon on an event in November. So I can say it's in November and that's about all I can say. So, um, so hmm. yes, I listen, wonder what it could be. Listen to this space uh, as well as, uh, well, let's put it this way. If uh, you don't hear about it, we really haven't done our job very well. So, uh, so yes, yeah. that'll be uh, some, some, uh, some information to come to TBA things are being finalized. So uh, once they are, we will definitely uh, um, reach out to you guys and let you know everything that's going on because we want you part of the show as always. And we love talking about convention. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here. Alex, of course, it's always great, sir. Pleasure's always mine. Uh, it's a, I love the fact that the conversations here when it comes to these movies that we review um, can be civil uh, while at the same time being a little bit conflicting. Uh, well, I love that we all don't get along, you know, with the, our well, versions of the movies. No, we don't. It's not that we respect. (laughs) The thing is, dude, we respect each other. And that's the great thing. And we don't all have to agree on the same thing. There's been plenty of other films that we haven't. And it's nice sometimes that it does. I always hate it on Earth Station Who where we rate Doctor Who episodes and all of us like the the same thing and give it all the same ratings. It it's funny to me when it's like I'll be the, like the last one to talk in in this group and it's like I loved it, I loved it, I loved it, Alex. You know? <laughs> so and, and really I'm not the bad guy a lot of times, but, uh, but then other times I am. So, I, uh, um, but it's a great it's always a great honor. And Adam, uh, really cool getting the opportunity to sit in with you on this. One, so, oh, anything yeah. you want to shout Fantastic out about, sir? To talk with you, Alex. Thanks, man. Uh, I do have a shout out, and it's just a, a, a bit of congratulations. Uh, one year ago at this time, a uh, man by the name of Gary Lamb and another man by the name of Dylan Farmer got together and put together what they wanted to make to be the number one most competitive wrestling federation in Georgia. And Southern Honor Wrestling, after one year, uh, managed to be the number one promotion in Georgia, uh, which is fascinating because in fact the NWA just moved back. Um, congratulations to the gang out in Canton, Gary Lamb, uh, Garrett Sakahara, uh, Rich Ward, Dylan Farmer, all of those guys. You put on an amazing show once a month and it keeps people talking. So congratulations to you all. And here's to the second, here's to year number two. Well, if you send us a link, we'll actually put it up in the show notes. I will do that. Fantastic, sir. And Adam, you made it through the geek seat and you made it through the main segment. Thank you, my yes. friend. Yes. It I'm doesn't mean it doesn't go. mean I'm, you're getting out or anything. No, no, yeah. no, no. You live here. Yes, man. I'm. I'm uh, very happy to finally have this discussion with Mike and Mike as more than just Dan's arm candy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to live up to the name, sexy Thor. Yeah, you're, you're always be Dan's <laughs> arm candy. I mean, don't don't fool yourself I, there. I mean, me. I mean, me. Maybe next Dragon Con or maybe Retro Toy Con, he can be my arm, arm candy. I mean, oh wow, he's got ambition. Ooh, this is what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I mean, look, he, I mean, look. Here's the deal. I was also Roman Reigns for Dragon Con, and Roman Reigns is nobody's arm candy. Can't get it. Okay, 
Can't go there past that one. <laughs> Anything you want to promote or any shout out, sir? Oh, where do I start? Okay. First, first off, one. Uh, <laughs> one A, B, and C. Uh, first off, Thunder Talk with Dan, Beth, and Kavika, and my solo spinoff show where I constantly talk about wrestling and Star Wars and Marvel and DC, WTLK, The Thunder. And also, great shout out to the nerd bliss podcast because without them none of the previous two would be possible totally understand that man and you know glad that chris is on the way back to mending with nerd bliss so thoughts go out to them and all good things and adam thank you so much my friend thanks man thank you and mr mike we made it through another one we did, and as always, it's my pleasure. And we even had a smile on our face once or twice. <laughs> we did, a, well, although mine was formed quite forcibly and uh, with uh, a little bit of blood. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Anything you want to shout out about? You know what? We're in it, dude. It is October, and the countdown to Halloween has begun. Yes. Uh, this was sort of a, a lukewarm Halloweenish episode because, you know, I think you could argue that the uh, the Joker movie is, is, is uh, qualifies as a sort of Halloween movie. But we go full force uh, next week with our next three episodes uh, doing the countdown to Halloween. But I do want to give people a, a heads up if uh, you guys should follow if you're not already. Uh, Mondo Tees, Mondo Company, and they have a 31 Days of Halloween special going on every week. They're releasing posters, tiki mugs, pins, other art. It's just um, some vinyl records as well. And these things are amazing. Um, I Last week, they released a uh, um, creature from the Black Lagoon tiki mug, which was fantastic. And I had to get that, so I grabbed that right away. I pre-ordered that. This week, uh, they doubled down and had a mummy mug as well as a wolfman mug. And now I know that I'm in serious trouble because over the next few weeks, I'm sure they're going to be releasing some more monster ones. And now now my bank account is starting to sweat. So uh, really awesome stuff that they're producing. I, I got and, and with Mondo stuff, when it's gone, it's gone. So I would definitely recommend checking it out, getting part of this. Uh, if you want it, get it now because it may not be available or it will be on eBay for much, much more. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Oh, Very my, cool stuff. My that... bank account usually sweats during Halloween too. And it's, <laughs> and it's because of something about your area, Mr. Faber, Netherworld Haunted House. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yes. That that creature from the Black Lagoon mug is pretty, pretty amazing. Have you seen the mummy one yet? I haven't seen the mummy one yet, but oh, that, that one's, one looks gorgeous. Gorgeous, dude. That's very cool. That is awesome, guys. All right. Uh, two shout outs for me, real quick. Uh, first one if you haven't had a chance to see it, uh, Ken Burns just did an amazing, and I do mean amazing, documentary on country music. You don't even have to be a fan of country music to like this documentary because most of the music from the 20th century has its roots in Americana music, and country just spun out of that. And rock and roll, you know, you see all the different you know, fingers that fit into it and Ken touches on everything. 
And if you, Ken Burns just always puts out a great documentary and Peter Coyote as the perfect narrator for it. It's just a lot of fun, a lot of music that you probably didn't remember or that you've heard in the past and stories behind it. It's just a lot of fun. It's eight parts and each one's two hours. So it's worth it though. It truly is worth it. Uh, you can find it up on demand right now, or if you stream, you could do PBS streaming and it's all free. So it's pretty wicked to watch. And the second in the Georgia area, we finally got fall. Congratulations, everybody. We made it past the hell of summer. South Carolina had- got it too. Yeah. <laughs> 90, it was 90s until last week. And then all of a sudden we woke up Saturday morning and oh my God, it was in the 70s. It's like, what is this? What did we do wrong? It was just amazing. Now, and what it did was we do right. And it was 63 degrees when I left work Saturday night at 9 p.m. Oh, oh! It, it was just awesome. It is just awesome. I I hate hot weather, folks. I am such an enemy of hot weather. I one of the reasons I don't like living here in Georgia is the heat. And you know, I've lived here many many years. I am envious of my friends in Seattle, where it's already in the fifties. Our friend Sean, it's already in the up in Canada. It's already forties up there. It's just like. Oh, wow. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And, you know, in the middle of winter, as I always like to say, it's easier to snuggle with your honey and warm up than having to be get away from me. It's too hot to cuddle. So it's always a good thing. So, Mr. Mike, you mentioned earlier, it's the countdown to Halloween. You're taking over the show for the next few weeks. What do we got coming up next week? Uh, Next week, we are, uh, it's another one of our 50th anniversary specials because we will be taking a look at the 50th anniversary of Disney's Haunted Mansion. Oh, awesome. That is awesome. So, So, yes, the uh, grim grinning ghosts will be following us home. That is awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about that. You know, we definitely would love to hear from you. Please drop us a line or station one at esonetwork.com. Or, of course, if you enjoy our show, please tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell the guy at the market all about Earth Station One. We definitely would really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. And, you know, while you're doing that, you can rate us and leave feedback wherever fine podcasts are found. We definitely would love to hear from you. But until next week, my name is Mike Faber. It will be my pleasure talking to you guys as always. And we'll see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace. And we're done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.